Welcome to the Team Packed Podcast with your hosts, Jessica McIntyre and Quentin Cools. We hope to inspire you to think critically and biblically about current issues facing our culture, challenge you to make a difference in your community, and ultimately change the world. Welcome to season four of the Team Pack Podcast. We are talking about leadership throughout this series, and our topic today is the competency of a leader. JMAC will be interviewing the Assistant Director of Staff Development at Team Pact, Jackson Hicks. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to the Team Pact Podcast. We are here, and this is episode three um, in our series for season four. My goodness, time flies, but. I am here this time with a guest who I don't believe he's been on the podcast before. Jack, has you been on here before? J-Mac, this is my first time on the podcast. I'm really excited to be here. Oh, my goodness. Well, we are excited to have the Jackson Hicks in the house. Um, for those of you who don't know him, Jackson and I actually served on the same intern team back in 2018. And then you came back in 2019 to program direct. And then not long after, you came on um, to work as um, an intern in the staff development department, right? And then you are now the assistant director of staff development. Mm -hmm. So uh, you're you're a pretty big deal around here. That's pretty cool. So thank you for being here on the podcast with us today. J-Mac, you're really making one of my my points during this talk today pretty hard. It's like remaining humble as a leader. When you talk me up like that, it's kind of hard to like keep the humble mindset. But yeah, right, I, right, right. I am the assistant director of staff development. It's really a privilege to get to work with so many different, really exceptional leaders from across the com- country in this position. Mm, yeah. No, and I, I know I enjoy working with you in the day-to-day office life. Did you ever think we would get here, uh, <laughs> that we would somehow end up in a tiny little closet in the in a supply closet at Team Pact recording a podcast when we were baby interns back in 2018? I never, ever thought there would be a Team Pact podcast at that time. I never, definitely never thought I would be on it. <laughs> Uh, that's fair, but here we are. Um, I do have one question for you as we jump mm-hmm. into this, the mustache. Yeah. Now, for those of you who are listening and that is all of you, because this is a podcast, not a movie, uh, Jackson, you are sporting a fine looking mustache here. Do you want to explain to the people about this? You know, the mustache is something that I highly revere. There's a lot of people I've respected tremendously in my life who have had a mustache. And, you know, I'm at a point in my life where I can grow one. It actually doesn't look awful from my perspective. Um, but, you know, the mustache kind of came about just a bunch of friends. We were just talking and it's like we all want to grow mustaches and we tried to do it. But we had a lot of like, you know, professional things we had to do and we didn't want to be you know, the guy who has a mustache at like, you know, a meeting or applying for a job. So me and these couple friends finally got to a point where it's like, you know, we're not doing anything super serious for the next month. Let's grow a mustache. And, you know, we're recording this podcast in November and typically it's no shave November. We decided to do Movember, which is just, you know, mustache November. So about me and, you know, six other guys, you know, have mustaches for, the month of November. It's, it's pretty awesome. It's actually kind of hard, you know, to keep my mustache off the microphone since since my face is so close. So if you're scratching at all at any point during the podcast, it might be my mustache 
scraping across the microphone. It just might be. I'll be honest. I don't. I don't have that issue. But um, best of luck with that. I've walked into church a couple times and found other people who have become part of this. Really, it's a movement. It is a movement. Yeah. It, it really is. So well done um, in starting that and championing that. Uh, regardless of my personal feelings about mm-hmm. it, um, but you could say. That in this way, you are an influencer, Jackson. Would you agree? You know, it started out as like three guys, and I think we're up to 12 or 13. So I think I would at this point consider myself a mustache influencer. So yeah, I'll take that. (laughs) I'd say you're an influencer in a lot of other ways as well. Um, And that's what our, that's what our, podcast is all about, right? Team Pack Leadership Schools. That's what we do here. Um, This episode specifically, we're talking about the competency of a leader, kind of how we develop that, where to go with that and whatnot. But I want to start with a little bit more basic of a question. Um, You, you're clearly a leader. You have a lot of upfront roles and whatnot, but how did that come about? When did you realize you were called to leadership? Like what opportunities got you here um, and maybe pull back the curtain a little bit on how you got here. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I have ever felt like, I don't know when initially I felt a, like a direct calling to lead, but throughout my life, you know, I've been placed in a lot of different leadership opportunities that have kind of grown me and developed me to the position I'm in right now. Um, growing up, I played a lot of sports. Uh, I did a lot of, you know, basketball, flag football, Um, you know, I ran cross country. I played a little, you know, soccer here and there, Uh, a lot of different positions, um, on the football team. I was a quarterback and I, you know, in the quarterback position, you have a natural leadership, uh, you know, tendency and ability. You have to lead the team in a lot of cases. And, you know, on the basketball team, I started out as a point guard and the point guard is, you know, a lot of times considered the captain of the offense or the defense. And, you know, there's just a lot of like natural leadership um, skills that I developed during that time in my life. And, you know, I didn't really ask to be the quarterback or ask to be the point guard. That's just the skill set that I had at that time in my life. And I was just placed there by a coach. Um, And it really helped me to kind of develop and grow uh, in those areas. And then, you know, I, I led in those capacities. And then in my friend groups growing up, I was always pretty outspoken, pretty vocal, tended to be the one who would, you know, organize things or, you know, get a group together to, you know, play a sport or hang out or, you know, what have you. So, you know, there's just a lot of kind of subtle leadership that I think I developed throughout my teen years. And then, you know, really when I started getting involved in teen pact is when I realized that, you know, those skills had really been developed in a really practical way to where I could, you know, speak well and lead well, um, uh, lead others well. Um, so it was really teen back that kind of, you know, birthed um, this, you know, part of my life when it comes to leading and discipling uh, young men and women. Um, but it, it really just started, you know, for me with sports and with just kind of the everyday things in life that I didn't really recognize that were developing developing me into a leader, but we're. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that happens with a lot of different people, just uh, different opportunities come up and we realize, oh, we didn't necessarily ask to be mm-hmm. here, but here we are. And I yeah. think that's part of the growing and learning process that God is faithful to bring us through to develop us and to say, hey, I've called you to be 
um, an influencer, a leader. And I think we can all agree that's true just across the board, whether it is in those more prominent positions of I'm the quarterback or I'm leading staff development or maybe it's just at home. Um, But I think you touched on a really key thing. Um, You said the word development. Mm -hmm. So we use a phrase here at Team Pact a lot, leadership development. Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah, I, I think it just it means constantly pursuing growth uh, in in leadership. Uh, you really always have a desire, and you're always seeking to um, develop yourself uh, in order to you know help develop others, right? And I think it really ties into you know the competency of a leader. What we're talking about today, and um, I gave a talk not too terribly long ago about the competency of a leader. And I only had one main point during that talk. And the main point was the competency of a leader stems from a genuine pursuit of righteousness, right? And I think a really, really key aspect to uh, our development as Christians and as leaders and, you know, whatever you want to call it is the, that pursuit of righteousness, right? In Psalm one, it, it, it really, outlines what righteousness looks like you know it goes it starts off by showing a righteous man avoiding evil so the pursuit of righteousness is avoiding evil and then it shows a righteous man delighting in what God has defined as good and then it shows the righteous man meditating on what the word of the Lord says right and then at the end of it it talks about you know a tree that you know bears fruit in its season and it you know its leaf doesn't wither or fade. That's consistency. So you avoid evil. You do the light in what God defines as good, and you meditate on the word of God, and then you can stay consistent in those things. I think that's, you know, that's development. That's leadership development. That's you developing yourself. And when you practice those those traits that God defines as right and good, you can help uh, in return develop others. Mm-hmm. And that's such a good foundational, like you got to start there because without mm-hmm. that, you, you kind of have nothing to stand on. Moving forward with that idea, like bring that thought a little bit further. Okay, yeah. you have your foundation, you know, kind of the why, a little bit of the how of what you're developing, what you're truly developing into that, mm-hmm. that righteous, I am pursuing Christ, that sort of leadership. But there are specific things that God does call us into, um, whether it be I'm working at Team Pact in a particular yeah. department and I need to know how to work a spreadsheet mm-hmm. or I need to learn how to do, you know, X, Y, Z skill set yeah. for a particular role that that I'm in. How do we go about developing those and what is our personal responsibility in that? Yeah, I think that's a really good point, and I think it starts with what our ultimate callings are uh, as Christians, or what our ultimate calling is. Um, you know, we're we're image bearers of God. We bear the image of God, and we need to steward that image well. And that's you know refining, that's uh, learning, that's cultivating our our image um, well. And that's stewarding that image well. We're also called to worship God. We're, you know, created to worship God. And that should be our focus in learning and growing all these little things is our, you know, ultimate goal should be to worship God. And then, you know, another 
you know, broad calling, uh, a less really, really specific calling is the Great Commission in Matthew 28. You know, we're supposed to tell others about Jesus. So all these smaller pursuits like, you know, where I am, the assistant director of staff development, uh, it, it's that's my calling right now. My calling is to be here and now, but I was placed here because I knew my ultimate calling, right? I knew that I was supposed to bear the image of God well. I knew I could do it in this position. I knew I was supposed to worship God. I know I can do it in this position. I was, you know, called to tell others about Jesus. I know I can do it in this position. A lot of people struggle with what is my calling, you know? A lot of Christians struggle with this, and it, it kind of confuses me sometimes because it's like, you know, when you're a Christian, when you when you know and have that personal relationship with Christ, you automatically have, you know, a couple different callings. And I just talked about three of them, right? And, you know, when it comes to the smaller specific callings, like, you know, Jackson being the assistant director of staff development, you know, that is, that's a more specific thing that you can work towards. But you can also recognize when it's, when it's right and good, because you know, the ultimate, ultimate calling um, or callings of, of God. So I think to get to the position in life where, I know that I'm in a place where God has called me to be. You really have to look to those ultimate callings of, and if they don't define, if the if the position in life you're in or the, um, you know, the spot of leadership in your end doesn't really align with those ultimate goals and callings from God, you really need to reevaluate, you know, where you are and what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Could you redefine real quickly just what those are? ultimate callings are maybe give a couple examples of a distinction of okay this is what your ultimate calling is mm-hmm. versus what might be a more specific calling because I think that's getting down to kind mm-hmm. of like you were saying overall purpose and yeah. calling of life and whatnot and mm-hmm. so I think sometimes we can we can struggle accepting that vocationally our purpose might change mm-hmm. but our calling our calling of faith our calling of following Christ yeah. Um, that's not what we do. It's, mm-hmm. it's who we are. Um, and so can you maybe draw a little bit more distinction yeah. between those? Yeah, I think we get caught up on what our vocation is, right? And I have felt a strong, you know, sense to work with young men from a very young age, right? I, like I said, I played football and I really have a desire to coach football one day. And from, you know, probably the age of like 15, up, you know, that's kind of what I've been pursuing. It's like, I want to coach football. I want to lead other young men, right? Because I had a football coach who was super influential on my life. And I'm not coaching football right now, but I'm still, you know, fulfilling those ultimate callings that I talked about earlier, right? And, and, you know, I still have a desire and I still feel led in a way to coach football one day. But to me, that's a vocation, right? That's just a, a job, and it's kind of like a dream job for me. Um, but right now, I know that the position I'm in, the place I'm at here at Teen Pact, and the position of the assistant director of staff development, you know, is um, the calling and the purpose uh, uh, is is where I'm supposed to be right now. So it doesn't really matter that, it, from my perspective, it doesn't really matter that I've had a, a urge, a personal urge from a very young age to coach football where the Lord has led me through prayer and through, you know, seeking his face and through really looking to these ultimate callings is the position I'm in right now. And, you know, to be honest, I think 
right now I'd, I'd rather be coaching football. But then again, I've never had, you know, a stronger sense of purpose in the position I am right now. So I, I don't want to be coaching football right now. I know that sounds like an oxymoron. I just said I want to be coaching football, but I don't want to be co- coaching football because I know this is where the Lord has put me for this time and this place, right? And maybe down the road I'm supposed to coach football, but for right now the Lord has me here and I feel very evidently called to be here. Mm. And I think that's so key because when you know that you are you are called, then you have confidence, right? You have confidence mm-hmm. that yeah. that is where yeah. God has established you, that what he has called you to do, he's going to be faithful to be with you in that. And the responsibility for the success in that is on him. And you're faithful in that calling, yeah. you know, not not in the success and failure and all the in-between things, but you're being faithful in the calling. Um, Isoki, you, you kind of touched on a couple different topic topics in my mind with what you just said and that one was kind of the idea of surrender like mm-hmm. you said you'd rather be doing something else however mm-hmm. you know that you're called to do this and there is blessing in that and there is purpose in that um but but with the idea of of surrender in that way how can we be all here all all in on what yeah. it is that God has called us to do right here right now while still having that growth mindset of continually learning, developing leadership competencies. Um, and, and it might mean moving towards that goal of someday I want to coach football. Yeah, I really think it starts with humility. It really starts from posturing your heart towards humility. Um, because if you're willing to sacrifice, if you're willing to die to self, um, from those like those passions of the heart, those things that I would prefer over, you know, the calling of the Lord, right? I think you really have to just settle down and humble yourself. And being humble isn't something that I'm particularly um, gifted in or have always been gifted in. I think I'm I'm better than I used to be. But I I think Lecrae gets a lot of hate in today's age. I don't really know why. I grew up listening to Lecrae a lot, and he's got a song called. Uh, background and you know it, it one of the key lines is you know I play the background because you know sometimes I get in the way and he's just in the song telling the Lord to take the lead take the lead take the lead because he he gets in his way his selfish desires and motives get in the way of of God's you know plan right and I think for us um, as believers as people who are seeking to worship God and and bear the image of God well and to tell others about Jesus, we have to be humble enough to set our own personal desires away um, so that we can humbly submit and follow God. And that, that means sacrificing you know, the desire to coach um, over the incredible gift that I have to you know, be here at Team Pact. You know, I have the desire to coach still, but I still see my position as an incredible opportunity given to me uh, by God to serve and lead others. And if I was so focused on, you know, being a coach, I wouldn't be here at Team Pact, right? And I would have missed out on the opportunities to, to you know, pour into others, to see God work in the lives of others and in myself. And I wouldn't give that up for anything, right? Mm. And I'm, I'm just super thankful that I've had humble leaders and mentors in my life who have you know, instilled in me the value of dying to self and remaining humble so that, 
I, you know, didn't miss out on the opportunities to follow the Lord's calling for my life. Mm, I love that. Um, you know, being being aware and searching for those opportunities, I think it's really easy to just kind of stay in what it is that you're doing mm-hmm. um, or just coast along and almost, just, you know, kind of speaks to the apathetic culture that we we live in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really easy to coast, um, yeah. but to be seeking those opportunities um, and stepping out in those and having absolute confidence that what God sets out to do, he will do. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and we get to partner with him in that and be part of that. And, and that's awesome. I heard it said once that God's will, God's purpose for us, those are all things that we would choose if we had all the facts. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think sometimes the Lord is gracious in maybe not giving us all the facts because maybe we can't handle it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet we can have absolute confidence that he knows what he's doing. He knows that where he is moving and he is directing and he is <laughs> cliche, the master chess player, as mm-hmm. it were, and he is moving all the pieces together. And ultimately it's for your good and his glory that we might be doing one thing now um, and, and putting that desire or, or what have you on hold for a season or maybe forever, but knowing that he can be trusted even in that. And he can be trusted with, with our desires Um and he knows them even more than, than we know them. So yeah, that's awesome. So we've talked a lot about like the very foundation of that. Let's get back into the more nitty gritty of, you know, how do we develop these competencies? Like we agree, everyone, everyone has influence, but like we said earlier, maybe you don't have that upfront role. I think mm-hmm. when when you're a speaker or an author or something big in a very like figurehead role, that's pretty obvious what you should be developing, right? If mm-hmm. you're a writer, you should practice writing. Yeah. If you're a speaker, teacher, you should practice teaching. You should develop those skills. What about for probably the majority of our audience where they might not necessarily have a platform quite like that, but maybe they are like, they're in their home, they're in Mm -hmm. their school, they're in their friend group. How can they be developing leadership skill sets for one, the season that they're in right now? And two, for the thing that perhaps they've started to catch a glimpse for where it is that God is leading them in the rest of their life. Yeah. I would say from a personal perspective right now is just pursue education, pursue um, really knowing and being a scholar of the word of God, right? Pursue discipleship, you know, get a mentor, get uh, somebody who you're discipling. If, you know, if you've been to Teen Pack Venture, you've heard me talk a lot about, you know, uh, a Paul, a Timothy, and a Barnabas, right? And and the concept of, of that discipleship structure is that, you have a Paul, someone who's older and wiser and further along in life than you are who can sit you down and disciple you, right? Really get into the nitty-gritty of life. And then you have a, a Timothy, someone who who's younger than you, less mature in their faith, who you can disciple, who you will learn a lot through through the discipleship process. And then have a Barnabas, somebody who's a close friend, who's willing to, you know, love you at all times and call you out when you're just being dumb, right? And and those are, you know, three very practical people to have in your life to pursue this development of, of skills and this development of, you know, your spiritual maturity. 
uh, as a believer and helps you along in the sanctification process, right? Um, so education, discipleship, uh, experience. Um, I, I'm a big believer in, in life experience and just getting out there and doing things. You know, you don't learn a lot of things by being complacent and sitting around and, and staying idle. You know, something my mom and dad instilled in me from a very young age was this uh, a really hard work ethic. You know, I had a lot of, you know, smaller jobs growing up with, you know, my uncle or my papa or, you know, a, a random art studio. And then from there, I, you know, had a bunch of other odd jobs. Like, you know, I worked at a hardware store and, you know, I worked at a florist shop for a little bit. It's just a lot of different life experience that I gained that really helps me in discipling others because I have a lot of different um, experiences in life to pull from to be able to speak into other people's lives. So I think life experience is a big thing. Discipleship, like I mentioned, is a big thing. Just continuing your education. Most everybody is in some you know, type of structured education where it's, you know, middle school or high school or college and, you know, beyond college, I think we have the responsibility as leaders to continue our education through, through learning, you know, listening to podcasts, reading books, um, sitting under people and listening to people who are over us in a work context, right? I think um, true leaders always, always follow other leaders and listen to them, right? And I think just to develop those, you know, those softer and harder skills, you really have to gain life experience and have a sincere desire to constantly grow and learn through all those things I just mentioned. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, could you quickly define like hard skills and soft skills, at least a brief definition for our audience? Yeah, I mean, soft skills to me is is, you know, being able to have a, one-on-one conversation with somebody to have a, you know, the, the wherewithal to say thank you, to say please, to, you know, uh, just, just interact with others in a, in a way that is loving and kind and, you know, and smooth and just all the things. It, it's kind of, it has a, a charisma to it. You know, you're just able to communicate well. And I think if we're trying to share you know, tell others about Jesus, we need to have those those skills of communication. Even if you're not the best person on stage, one-on-one, you can have those soft skills to be able to carry on a conversation with somebody. So I, I really think it's just, you know, learning how to interact with others uh, in a way that is, is uh, beneficial to both people. And I think the harder skills are like, you know, right now, in my position, a, a hard skill for me is having the ability to speak well. You know, I, I haven't always been the best public speaker. I didn't start doing a lot of it until I was in Teen Pact about, you know, 18 years old where I was, you know, thrown onto a stage in front of a lot of people and, and had to learn the skill of, yeah, of, <laughs> of communicating well, right? And before that, I wouldn't say I was a, a good public speaker at all. I'm still learning a lot now. Um, but I'm way better than I was, and it's really important for the position I'm in to be able to speak well, you know, for a, uh, you know, I don't know a lot about, you know, building a website, but I assume if you're building websites, you need to learn how to code, like that's a hard skill, like coding is a hard skill, um, you know, so just the, the skills that are needed for the particular position and place you're in in life are those, those hard skills. Mm, yeah, no, that makes sense. I've always thought of soft skills in particular as 
they're essentially glorified people skills. Yeah. And we talked about this in an earlier episode, Quinn and I, but if you are in the business of leadership and influence, then you're in the people business. Mm-hmm. Um, so those soft skills are really important to be developing even now, you know, even before you might even be in a place where you need those hard skills and you can be developing and learning with those hard skills now. But um, I think those soft skills are really a good place to start if you need a starting point Absolutely, for yeah. sure. Um, kind of getting back to some of what you said earlier, talking about education and just learning and growing and continually being being curious and feeding your mind with um, all these different things. It, I think that's that's so true and that's so important. Uh, if <laughs> you got to keep moving forward, otherwise you could become stagnant, right? Mm-hmm. So if you always, I heard it said once, you always do what you've always done. You'll always get what you've always got, right? So yeah. getting out there and doing something different, I think plays a huge role into just developing personally, professionally, spiritually. What are some of those things that you have done yeah. um, to develop those things? Yeah, I, I think reading is a big one for me. Growing up, I wasn't an avid reader at all, right? I really wish at this point in my life I would have grown up reading more books, right? And I didn't even read, like, you know, fiction books. I just didn't read a whole lot. I was always out doing something or something else. But, you know, one of the the hard skills that I've learned more recently in my life, you know, over the past, like, you know, five-ish years is to read books, right? And I still don't read as much as I, I want to, but you know, there's just so much knowledge and education that p- can be gained by um, just reading and, you know, following the lead of others who have had a lot of life experience before you. And so, you know, that's that's one of them for me is, is just reading for sure. I think the other ones are just forming good habits. I, you know, really desire be somebody who makes the most of my time. I think that's a very biblical concept, right? Make to make the most of our time and, you know, building good habits um, throughout the day, throughout your life uh, really sets you up to, you know, love, encourage, disciple, you know, share the gospel with people and, you know, uh, developing good habits is is something I've learned from books I've read. And I think every time you learn a new skill or pursue a new skill, you find another skill that you, you want to, you know, seek after. And, you know, you're not really going to develop skills, kind of like you said, if you just are comfortable with complacency and just, you know, sitting around. It's, you know, kind of the definition of insanity. If you want to grow and then, but you're never really willing to change anything about yourself, you know, you're just, you're never going to go anywhere, right? You're just doing the same thing over and over and over and over again, and you're never moving forward at all. So um, be willing to start with really small things, you know, be willing to just, you know, get up 30 minutes earlier, you know, be willing to start making your bed in the morning if you haven't ever, like those don't feel like revolutionary tasks, but just starting to develop those habits, albeit if they're small, will push you to have a desire to develop other habits in your life. Yeah, sometimes it just takes starting small Mm -hmm. and kind of that snowball effect of, all right, this leads to more changes, more growth. And sometimes it seems like kind of slow going, but um, 
like if you start small, <laughs> you're starting and that's important yeah. um, to just, just start doing it. Uh, I love it. So one question that I am really curious about to hear your answer here is you've talked about, you know, being, being humble. You've talked about um, educating yourself, uh, sitting under mentors and having someone to encourage and disciple you and encouraging and discipling others and and having close friends to be along with that journey. Is there one particular person who's just had a tremendous impact on you personally as a leader, as somebody who's either been um, a mentor mm-hmm. or something like that to you? How and, and why did this person impact your life? Yeah, I think there's there's several for me. Um, people I've just admired my whole life and people I've been mentored by, even if it's not like a, a sit down every week and have breakfast with type of mentorship, but just kind of like an everyday kind of watching type of mentorship. There's my dad, who has been an incredible mentor to me my whole life. Uh, my mom, uh, incredible mentor and just one of the most wholesome people you ever meet. She doesn't have a, a bone in her body that desires that anything that's like unpure. And it's just incredible to kind of watch that or have watched that my whole life. Um, my dad is always learning new things. He's always trying to uh, figure things out, and he he journals a lot. He writes a lot. He studies the word of a lot. Uh, two other people have really been influential on me are uh, Mr. Randy Phillips, who was my football coach in in high school. You know, one of the most godly men that uh, I've ever known. Um, he devoted his whole life life to ministering to young men on the campus of Mississippi State University. That was his full-time job. He didn't have a full-time job. He relied on the Lord for, you know, for funds for his family and all the things. But uh, he just had this this yearning to serve the Lord through discipling young men at Mississippi State University. And, and he did that. He was, you know, had a really profound impact on my life. And I think he's definitely one of the reasons that, you know, I you know, disciple young men now. Um, and, and in the way I disciple young men now, and he was just, his character was evident in the way he, he lived his life. Another person is, uh, uh, David, um, easily, um, just a close family friend all growing up, um, never heard an unwholesome thing, uh, come out of his mouth. You know, the way he related to my sisters and my brothers and my parents and the way I saw him interact with other people. Again, he this is not somebody who ever, you know, I sat down with and he mentored, but I watched him, you know, my whole life and the way he loved on people and interacted with people. And I, you know, am challenged by to, to act the same way in my life, just to be very, you know, soft-spoken but yet bold, Right. And that's that's the kind of character traits that most of these people have that I that I've talked about these mentors in my life. Um, something that I need right now that I've you know been pursuing uh, since I've moved to Richmond is having a person who's who's a Paul for me. Like you know I'll still call my dad here and there and talk things through and we'll have you know really good talks and discussions. But I don't have the person in my life who lives really close to me who I can sit down and just you know. Um, you know, just really bat things back and forth with. Like, I need a, I need a Paul right now. But I think historically in my life, I've always had somebody there to really follow, listen to, watch. Um, I think that's really important. Like, 
you know, I think it's better to walk up and ask somebody to be your mentor or to be your discipler. But I also think it's really, really, really important to just watch people who you admire and, you know, imitate them as they imitate, you know, Christ. Mm, That's good. Well, we're coming to the end of our episode here, but I did want to ask you one last really practical question that we've Mm -hmm. kind of scratched the surface of, but we talked about how sometimes it only takes one one small thing to kind of get the ball rolling and how we can yeah. be faithful in developing these competencies, these this leadership development even now, no matter what season we're in, no matter where we're at. So what is one small step that our listeners can take, whether it's reading a particular book or mm-hmm. a podcast that you would recommend or if it's, um, you know, a, a, any one of those little habits that you kind of touched on, like what is one small practical next step you can challenge our listeners with? I would just say follow the fruit of the Spirit. I think in our culture, you know, if you, you search like leadership skills, there's like, oh, you need to be a good communicator. You need to be a motivator. You need to be good at delegation, positivity. You need to be trustworthy, creative, get good feedback. Um, but per, from my perspective, while those are really good leadership skills, I think they're all kind of wrapped up into love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And if I could give, you know, just one bit of advice, like you said, to, to grow in, in leadership is to really focus on the fruit of the Spirit and uh, how that defines how you interact Uh, with others and how you live your life in pursuit of Christ. Thank you for joining us for this special edition of the Team Pact Podcast. Have any questions about today's episode? Send us an email at communications at teampact.com or you can visit our website for more information about our programs and state classes.